and welcome to Neither the Time Nor the Space, a podcast about Doctor Who. My name is David, and as always, I am joined by the expository Matt. Hello there. Hello, Matt. I don't know whether we... it is... I've never heard the word expository. Is that like a good thing or a bad thing? Have you insulted uh... or complimented me? <laughs> as in um, one who is prone to exposition. Ah, right. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fine. Because that's what we're going to be talking about this week. Oh, <laughs> we're doing the yeah. Timeless Children. All that sweet, sweet, it, It's sweet almost as if the other 170-whatever episodes don't matter and it's all been building to this. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to have a lot to talk about this week, aren't we, Matt? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Um, but before we get there, how's your week been? Um, up and down, up and down. I'm moving house mm. next weekend. Yeah, and this I is think, always a headache. I think just, like, that was the straw that brought the camels back. Like, I've been pretty stressed this week. Pretty stressed. Yeah. Now, uh, I, I took a, a day, uh, like, just like a well-being day, just to get myself right and fit. Mm-hmm. Um, and it got to the evening... And I thought, I've just been sat here wallowing. I need to get out the house. Yeah. Uh, so I thought, what I'm going to do is get in my car and just drive to the cinema. And whatever film is available to watch, I'm going to watch it. Right, okay. So not pre-planned, just got in my car. And when uh, I... For, this is... Pr- uh, had had the new Batman come out? No, by this no. Point. Right. No. So okay. I drove all the way to the cinema... And yes. even though it's been out quite a while, I haven't seen it. Uh, I'd missed the beginning of June by about 20 minutes. Oh. And I was like, oh, I can't go in halfway through. No. So uh, I went to the final showing at our cinema, the last showing of the night, and I went and watched Jackass Forever. <laughs> was it completely empty? Uh, it was me and uh, there was a dotting of other people. But then the next day, yeah, uh, I was also off because I was just like, oh, I can do another day off. Uh, I rented June on Amazon Video to watch at home. Yeah. And I'll tell you this for nothing, David. Jackass Forever is a better film than June. Whoa. Interesting. Maybe I needed to watch June in the cinema to fully appreciate it. But it is a long film. Mm. It's a daunting prospect. I tried reading June, and in all honesty, I I managed about 100 page, pages and thought, you know what? Not enjoying this. Sacked it off. Shouldn't have been a film. Maybe. Should have been a HBO series. Yeah. It just felt like I was watching four episodes of Game of Thrones mm. smashed together. I mean, that's that's the thing that's putting me off this uh, this new Batman film as well. I mean, that and the fact that I'm, you know, as we discussed, I'm not really a Batman fan. But it's three hours long, Matt. Um, so, what about your week, David? Have you been up to much? Um, spring cleaning, mostly, yeah. to be honest. Having yeah. a good old clear out. When I've been getting ready for moving house, I've been throwing stuff out left, right and centre. But there are two things, David, I have not thrown out. And what, pray tell, are those? Well, I, I thought I had thrown both of them out previously. One is <laughs> my novelisation of Doctor Who, the television movie. 
So yep. I've sti- I haven't read any of that RTD uh, novel this week, um, so I need to get that finished. But I might have a go at tackling that one. And yeah. then you- you've got to come in the TARDIS with me, David, and go back in time to like episode four or five of our pod. Uh, do you remember when I got a metal model of K9? I do, yes. Yeah. Found that. It was just on my bookshelf. I think at some point, because it's just like flat sheet metal, I think I used it as a bookmark and just kind of chucked it on my bookshelf. So, yeah, I might right. might give that a go for my new place. It can be like a nice talking point, a nice feature. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. yeah. Be It'd nice. be nice to see, you know, that, that, that little model deserves to, to be put together, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, have you done anything else nice other than a bit of spring cleaning? Any, Genuinely, and any really trips into that. a hedge maze like last week? Uh, no, we we had a little poke around Silton Forest about an hour before recording with you, so uh, that was nice. Yeah, but yeah, little Zorbs is uh, fell asleep on the way back, so we're recording a bit early today. Uh, he looks so happy in his uh, little absorber loft hoodie. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that was cute. Um, Although it yeah, did look in that was... photograph like he was chasing you with a stick. Well, that was that was our attempt on a on, on a, at short notice to try and get him to do like a classic Doctor Who pose. Ah, so was so it a sonic was, screwdriver? The, the the stick was his sonic screwdriver, and he's doing the handout thing, right? Which uh, Pertwee uh, pioneered and has subsequently certainly Tennant and Capaldi have done. Um, uh, promotional images where they're doing that same pose. Yeah. So that was the aim. I don't know that it fully comes across, but um, yeah. Yeah. So he's he, I he I I must say, he's been good company recently. He's just discovered jokes. Oh really? In just just in the past couple of days. Um, do you want to hear one of his uh, jokes that he's invented? Go on. Matt, how do elephants talk? Uh, through their trunks. Ghetto! Ghetto? Yeah. He just makes up a word. That's his punchline for every right. joke. He thinks of an interesting question and then just makes up a nonsense well, word. Let, let me tell you a joke that my niece told me the other day. and she, yeah. She's only six. Uh, so, David, there was an old man in hospital. Yes. When he fell over, who came to rescue him? I don't know. Nobody. He died. <laughs> <laughs> That's a, a genuine joke, and she absolutely loves it. <laughs> oh, that is wonderful. Uh, that is so bleak. And then her other favourites, uh, Knock Knock. Who's there? Nunya. None your who? None your business. Do you want to back off, mate? <laughs> Followed up with knock knock. Who's there? Joanna. Joanna who? Do you want to back off? This is none of your business, mate. <laughs> she's comedy. She gold. seems like a. She's has a has a touch of aggression there. <laughs> for, for for a six year old, she yeah. she's very Jack D. <laughs> Ah, oh, that's excellent. Right, that's enough children's jokes for the week. Shall we oh, move into so. the 
A to Z of Doctor Who. Let's do it. Right. Well, Let's do it. We're on H this week, David. Mm-hmm. Uh, fewer choices than usual, I would have said. Yeah, possibly. Uh, do you want to rate some episodes as we go? I would love to. We'll start with human nature. Good. Hungry Earth. Uh, yeah, decent. Hide. Very good. Heaven Sent. Very, very good. Hell Bent. Very good. Husbands of River Song. Is okay, yeah. Haunting of Villa Diodati. Very good. Yeah, strong. Strong week. Yeah, very strong showing for for H in terms of New Who. Um, Of those, what would you say is your favourite, Matt? Uh, Heaven Sent, Hell Bent's a good combo. Human Nature's good. Yeah. Um, Husbands of River Song's really silly with Nardole and Greg Davies, but I like Mm. the ending. Ah, uh, it's a it, the the last twenty minutes is just. Capaldi wonderful. goes full Capaldi. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It might be like some sort of recency bias, but I'd say my least favourite's Haunting of Villa Diodati. Really, you like that less than say Hungry Earth? Hungry Earth's great. Yeah, you were surprisingly high on that one, weren't you? Yeah. 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 It's not generally considered to be like a stone cold classic, but uh, I-, I think it's underrated. Certainly. Do you want some uh, aliens this week? Yeah, go on. What about the half from the Doctor's daughter? I like the half. I mean, to be honest, they are a design without much backstory to them. I feel like there's a lot of untapped potential with the half. Yeah, yeah. I th- I I like them more than I like the Ood. I, th- I think there's a parallel dimension where the half got that job. Yeah, yeah, I could see that actually. Um, what What about the headless monks from A Good Man Goes to War? Yeah, I mean they're not they they get the the job done, don't they? Uh, I'm not a fan of the fact that they've just got lightsabers. Yeah, that fe- that feels a bit cheeky. Now to make a decision for this week, David. Yeah. I looked to the Doctor. Yeah. And I thought, we've got William Hartnell, obviously very, very important. And we've got John Hurt. Yeah. And it was a toss-up between them. But I'm going to say that the... Probably the best incarnation of the Doctor is Richard Herndall. <laughs> From the just five some, doctors, yeah, just an old bloke just phoning it in for a for a quick yeah. paycheck. Yeah, so like, <laughs> I, I really respect that. <laughs> now, I I think I'm going to go for John Hurt. Yeah, just because, like, in my experience, my story of watching Doctor Who, that was a big shocker that I didn't see coming. I had yeah. no idea that there was this like mysterious other doctor. It turns out now, now we're at bloody timeless children. There's thousands of the bastards, <laughs> but at the time, yeah. I was just like, "Brilliant! I'm all in." 
it is a great reveal. And yeah. a, just the perfect way to get you hyped for the 50th anniversary. Yeah, yeah especially the way they do it, because it yeah. goes, introducing John Hurt, and I was like, oh, Christ, he's in it. And then it goes, as the Doctor. And, yeah. You know, just it, all in it, for that. It is wonderfully done. And you know what? Um, some people are down on it. I'm going to stick up for the the box sets he did for Big Finish. Um, mm-hmm. Then, you know, not every episode is an absolute 10 out of 10, but it's a really solid set. And also kind of the legacy of that character, you know, now being played by Jonathan Carley. I've actually picked up the first couple of uh, box sets of uh, The War Doctor Begins, I just really like the War Doctor as a character, um, as an incarnation. Um, just whilst we're talking Big Finish, yeah. obviously, by now, by the time this episode comes out, my review of the Lady Christina box set will be out. Oh, um, right. So yeah. what did you think of my review, David? Um, I enjoyed it. To be honest, I I, I, I genuinely did listen to it. I was like, oh, I should... Oh, I thought... I, I was joking, because obviously it hasn't released at the time we're recording yeah. this. But no, I but I could I could just listen to it because you uploaded it onto the uh, yeah. onto the podcast platform. Um so I have actually listened to it, Matt. <laughs> wow. Um and because I was like, oh, I'm gonna get spoilers here. And because I am gonna listen to them at some point. I was like, ah no, I can't be bothered. I'm curious to see what Matt makes of it. Um The thing about Big Finish, right, is even when they're they're working with you know offcuts like Lady yeah. Christina, they hire really good writers. They make the actors feel really welcome, and make it a very pleasant working environment for them. And uh, their sound designers are second to none, so they yeah. they are just very very good at what they do. Were, were you surprised? I enjoyed it. Um, I wasn't sure because I was like, I, I wasn't sure how much you were just going to get on board with, you know, audio drama as a format because it is it is different, you know. Yeah. But if I find if you either I either listen to them in bed or if I'm doing something where I can keep my hands busy, like you know, washing up or whatever, um, and I get I find them so immersive. Do you not do what I do, where you load it into your PC and spend four hours watching the little bar go across the screen? Because <laughs> I don't own a CD player. The only thing I could think would play them was my PC. So I just sat staring at my PC screen. No, I just uh, buy them all digitally and listen to them on the uh, Big Finish app. Well, the curse is lifted because those CDs are at your house now. So, mm. Yes, indeed. <laughs> Uh, uh, have you got some H's? I do have, yes, yeah. So let's start by sort of uh, covering the classic H's, which you which you didn't cover. Um, so we've got The Hand of Fear, which is uh, Sarah Jane's final story. Um, it's not the best, but the, the ending's really nice. Um, Happiness Patrol, which is a Seventh Doctor story I watched fairly recently. Quite enjoyed it. Um what else have we got? The Highlanders, which I've never seen because I think it is either partially or fully missing. It's one of the gaps that I need to fill. Uh, but it is the episode that introduces Jamie. Yeah. 
Well, that might come up in listener tweets. Ooh. Um, we've got the Horns of Nymon, which is on our to-do list. Uh, was it Mark from All of Time and Space? Yeah, yeah. Requested Horns of Nymon, so we've got that to look forward to. Horror of Fang Rock, which is uh, which is a belter. I've heard of that one. Everyone yeah. bangs on about that. Yeah. Uh, you know what, as well? It's one that I, I really like. Um, Big Finish for the Eighth Doctor did um, an episode that's got nothing to do with it, I think. I've not actually listened to it yet, but it, um, uh, called Horror of Glam Rock. Uh, right, which okay. Is, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is a fun little play I on that. I see what they did there, yeah. Yeah. And I think that's about it for the uh, for classic stuff. So as you say, it's, it's not it's not as much to get your teeth into, is there? Um, so, in terms of writers, who have we got? We've got uh, Mervyn Hazeman, who wrote the two original Great Intelligence slash Yeti stories. Um, which are pretty pivotal, pivotal for the second Doctor. Um, we've got Peter Harness, who, I mean, say what you like about his episodes, they're never boring. Mm-hmm. He's always taking big risks as a writer, and I think that's interesting. Um, he wrote, obviously, Kill the Moon, the Zygon two-parter, Pyramid at the End of the World. You know, um, an interesting writer. I think um, you've got uh, Brian Hales who wrote uh, the Paladon stories um, all the original Ice Warrior stories one of those just like he, do- he doesn't get talked about in the same way as some of the classic writers but in terms of the black and white era in particular quite a, quite a pivotal figure really um, Ed Heim who wrote It Takes You Away and Orphan 55. Yeah, yeah. He's got a target on his back as far as I'm concerned. (laughs) Um, You've got Don Houghton, who did Inferno and the Mind of Evil. Um, Malcolm Hulk, who is responsible for, you know, some absolute, you know, bangers of stories. Um, most notably, he co-wrote uh, the War Games with Terence Dix, which is one that we will be doing one day. Uh, but you can't talk about uh, classic Doctor Who writers and not mention Robert Holmes. Okay. Robert Holmes, I believe, is responsible for more episodes of Doctor Who than any other classic writer. Right. In total, he wrote, uh, according to this Wikipedia list, I don't know how they've worked it out, 15.5, possibly because of a co-write. Um, and uh, a total of 64 episodes. Not bad. Classic. Not bad. Uh, and there are some there are some real classics in there. Um, you know, ones that are really highly regarded to this day. Um but, you know, as much as I always want to go with the writers on this occasion, I'm going to be obvious and say Hartnell. 
Oh, David, that's week, this I, week's block word. Well, I don't care, Matt. I don't care. It's got to be Hartnell. You know, without Hartnell, we're not sat here doing this today. It's that simple. Yeah, it's his you fault. Know. It He's is. to blame. Blame Hartnell. <laughs> um, but, you know, his dedication to making that role work. Um, would you remember when, I forget when I, when I, when I did it, I, I read a, an extract from an interview. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was a letter, in fact, that he sort of wrote to a child who, who sent him some questions in the post. And he described what his working week was like on, on Doctor Who. Yeah, and it was absolutely mental. Yeah, gruelling. Just gruelling. Sheer bloody hard work. And the end result is a timeless performance that captured the imagination of children all over the UK and indeed other parts of the English-speaking world as well. Mm-hmm. And ultimately... And, and also kind of... There was, even though his exit was not, you know, the, the most, uh, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? You know, it was abrupt. Yes. And not and out of his hands to a large extent. But from, from all, all I can understand, he, he approached it, it with just graciousness and humility and embraced being the first in what would turn out to be a long line of actors uh, to portray this part. And I think, you know, we're talking about the timeless children today, so what better time to be kind of, at the very least, tipping the hat to the legacy for the man who started it all. So, yeah, it's got to be Hartnell. Right. Well, let me just put that on. I do have a little list of everything yeah. that we say every week. Uh, my, mine's a lot more grounded in you who than yours. Understandable. Except, except for that week where I said the five doctors, because I, I love Herndon and his performance. <laughs> it is captivating, to be fair. Um. I was going to suggest we do the news, David, but obviously there's only one bit of news we can talk about. Oh, yeah, the casting of the 14th Doctor. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you I know... Mean, we need to correct, because obviously we we were lampooned by all that news <sighs> about Andy Serkis. But... Yeah, you got suckered in there, didn't you? Yeah. yeah. But, um, yeah, no, I've... Uh, it's just... It's official... I've seen, you know, it's 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 all over the internet now. It's out there. Um, the Fourteenth Doctor is Otis the Aardvark. Oh, former CBBC mascot. Yes, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's his first major dramatic role. I, um, well, I think you know he's spent a bit of time out in the wilderness recently, hasn't he? Good he has. It's 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 he's you know he's been overdue a comeback, and what better. Um, uh, vehicle than the BBC's 
flagship science fiction show. Yeah. Um, I, I'm just giving him a little Google just to see if he's been in anything recently. Um, he was on Children in Need last year. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. He's already a national treasure. Mm. So um, it's it's sensible casting, I think, by, by RTD and, and, uh, and Bad Wolf. Um, I think they've really, you know, they've cast the net pretty wide. There was a time when I think they probably, I mean, a few years ago, would you have thought it was likely that they would cast a felt puppet as the Doctor? No, but that solves all the problems we talked about last week. About It does, you know, doesn't do it? Do you cast a man? Do you cast a woman? You know, aardvark. Yeah. I mean, it's literally the first word in the dictionary. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's been staring yeah. us in the face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm quite excited to see... See what Otis does with it. Uh, can I just read you a couple of excerpts from his Wikipedia? Of course, yeah. In 2009, uh, the BBC, well, former CBBC presenter, do you remember Kirsten O'Brien? Of course I remember Kirsten O'Brien. Uh, she revealed that she has the Otis the Advark puppet and once used it unsuccessfully to impress a date. <laughs> You know what the key word in that sentence is? Unsuccessfully. <laughs> yeah. And then this next bit, like, I remember this. If you yeah. haven't seen it, David, this is going to blow your mind. Right. In December 2007, Otis appeared on a special puppet edition of The Weakest Link for the BBC. I, was... d- I didn't see this. That he was voted by. off in the second round by Roland Rat, who referred to him as Otis the Anteater. He was also <laughs> voted off by Nobby the Sheep. Do you remember Nobby the Sheep? Vaguely. Vaguely. Uh, Jelly and Jackson. I don't remember them. Mm. Uh, Zippy and George from Rainbow. Oh. Sue from Sooty and Company. Mm-hmm. Whilst Otis, Roly Moe and Nev the Bear... Each voted for Zippy and George. Oh. So, you know, it wasn't a complete gang up then. No. No. But not far off by the sounds of it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there was once a TV programme called Saturday Aardvark because the character was that popular. Yeah, exactly. You know, there was a time when Otis was ubiquitous in uh, British households. And I think it's, yeah, high time... Uh, he made a comeback, and uh, yeah, great, just great casting. Um, I don't imagine we'll get more than two or three series with Otis. No, no, there's always bigger and better things out there for him, isn't there? Yeah, so. yeah, but but yeah, really, really solid casting. Great way to sort of usher us into the 60th anniversary and whole new era of Doctor Who. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, very excited by that. Um, but, you know, let's just have a quick look at um, uh, searchwise.net and just see if there is any other news out there that's maybe worth... Um, I'm going to warn you in advance. I've had a look and Elliot Ball has uh, has not contributed any Doctor Who news this week. Uh, it's almost like the, uh, the current situation in the Ukraine is more important. 
<laughs> Almost as though. Digital Spy, Doctor Who Bus promises massive episode for regeneration. We'll skip that because that might be spoilery for you. But also, uh, it's inevitable. That was always going to be the case. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is just an opinion piece in the Radio Times. Doctor Who's 60th anniversary special should go full nostalgia. Yep. 90s nostalgia with Otis the yep. Aardvark. Yep. Um... Digital Spy, Doctor Who season 14 production begins. I mean, yeah, they've got their Doctor in the bag now, so that makes sense. Um, let's see. <laughs> the Express have gone with Doctor Who. David Tennant return confirmed, but confirmed is in inverted commas, so that means it's yeah. not confirmed. But will he replace Jodie Whittaker? No, no, he won't. It will be a, a one-off performance for the 60th anniversary. <laughs> um, screen round have got an opinion piece. Matt Smith and David Tennant can't save Doctor Who. I don't oh, think no, Doctor they're... Who needs saving. It's been recommissioned for the, the Doctor always saves themselves. Since... That's yeah, part of the it's... ingenuity of the character. Uh, can we do this two days in a row? Uh, two weeks in a row. Uh, Looper have got 13 actors who could be the next Doctor on Doctor Who. Go, go for it. Go for it. Nice that they've clarified it. Um, I mean, as we say, moot at this point. But it'll be interesting to see who who else they were considering other than Otis. Um, mm-hmm. uh, so we've got Roger Jean Page. Never heard of him. Nope. Um, he had a tiny cameo in the Harry Potter films. Uh, he was in Bridgerton. There we go. If oh, you've seen yeah. Bridgerton, now I've Googled probably... him. Yeah, he's yeah. Mr. Bridgerton. Yeah. Robert like... Webb, absolutely not. No, like, maybe no. in the past, but, like, the show's moved on. Yeah, even then, I just, I, 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 I can't, I don't think Robert Webb has the right kind of charisma, mm. if that makes sense. He Don't get me wrong, he's a very good comic actor, but I can't see him in a role like uh, uh, Doctor Who. <sighs> They've put David Tennant on the list. Yeah. We're just going to move that, on. That's now. really silly of them, isn't it? Because he's already you know what's even, the Doctor. You know what's even sillier? They've got to put Alex Kingston... <laughs> What? Oh, is it? Is this just becoming a list of just like people who have already had major roles in Doctor Who? Yeah. Uh, and the next one is Ollie Bloody Alexander. Do you remember those rumours? Oh yeah. Yeah. So we'll we'll skip over that. We don't. God, this is a really bad list. Richard Ioardi. No. 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 I'm not. Look again. Don't get me wrong. Great comic actor. Uh, interesting director. He's. <laughs> He's not got enough range. No. Yeah. Joe Martin, 
but you don't these people don't seem to understand how Doctor Who works. Harry Melling. Never uh, heard of him. He played Dudley in the Harry Potter films. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, he's uh, got a bit of a look of Matt Smith about him. Yeah, no, I, I don't think so. Uh, Nabhan Rizwan. Uh, um, he, he had a part in HBO's Station Eleven, apparently. Um, I don't. I feel like I have seen him in something, but I can't. I couldn't tell you what. But anyway, uh, I mean, just going by the look, like, yeah, um, uh, it, certainly the having a more. Uh, you know, it would be some ways. I think it would be nice to have another unknown like Matt Smith, someone who's just had small roles in in a few yeah. different dramas, and they can just come in and just take the part and make it their own. Uh, we got Michael Sheen here again because, of course, we do. Um, we've got Amari Douglas, who was apparently in It's a Sin, which I still haven't seen yet. Um, Rose Matafeo. Now, that's uh, interesting. That's an outsider. Yeah. Now, I have long held the belief that one of the only real prerequisites, apart from being a decent actor, to play the Doctor is that you are British. Rose oh, Matafeo, yeah. Here of we course, go. Here we go. <laughs> Tommy not... Robinson over here, yeah. <laughs> I just feel, you know, it is a quintessentially British show. I couldn't imagine an American doctor, in all honesty. Yeah. I would be tempted to break my no bricks rule for Rose Matafeo. Mm. I could genuinely yeah. see that. Do you think she would uh, adopt an accent? Um, I don't know. I, I would prefer it if she didn't, to be honest. I can't remember. Is she Australian or or New uh, New Zealand? New Zealand. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say just just play it play it in her her normal accent would be fine. Actually, I think I'd get used to that very quickly. I don't know what why that is because like I you know my no Americans rule would stay firmly in place, but yeah. I yeah I could see it. I could see it. We've got um Ty Tennant here. No. He's like 12. I mean, I know he's not actually, but <laughs> look, let's not, let's not make this some kind of, you know, dynasty thing. Yeah. Where, you know, the, the offspring of every former doctor is handed the keys to the TARDIS. Yeah. No. Um, okay. Let's that. no, uh, no. So I would say that a pretty poor list overall. Um, but, Rose Matafeo, that's... Oh, I'm not going to be able to get that one out of my head now. It, it's one I wouldn't have, like, come up with myself. But, yeah. No. I could see it. Yeah. Um, but there we go. So, that is... Um, that is Would I... Oh, no. No, I always want to say that. No, you that love was. Would I Lie to Who. Maybe when we've it. done A to Z, just for three or four weeks till we get to Wheelie Big Quiz, we'll uh, do it. Maybe. Who knows? If maybe. if if 
there's enough of an an, an outcry. If the yeah. if the fans are clamouring for it, who knows? Yeah, but please don't message us asking because yeah, that actually won't shape the decision at all, David. <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> you know, we're we're nothing if not like whimsical creatures. Indeed, indeed. Uh, speaking of whimsical creatures, do you want some listener tweets? Yeah, go on then. Are you sure? We don't have to. I very much thought we could, you know, reinstate the ban for one week just to show them who's boss. You know what, Matt? Yeah, they, they've been getting a bit big for their boots recently, uh, yeah. our listeners. I've, I've noticed some, like, two or three tweet responses creeping into the mix yeah, again. Yeah, I've just seen there. Who can convince you went yeah. two? Two tweets. Um, who else? BT Flibbity Giggard went a couple. Ariel went a couple. Yeah, I think. And and honestly, know. I am pretty much done with discourse on this story. Yeah. You know, it has been analysed from every angle by every Doctor Who fan. It was very tiresome for the sort of year following this, this episode's broadcast. Um, so yeah, sod it. I only don't want to know what you thought, Matt. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what we'll do, David. Yep. How about this for a happy middle ground? Okay. Okay. Two people tweeted us this week that never have before, and they stuck to the one tweet limit. Should we just read theirs? Yeah. Go on then. Yeah. Exactly. This is our house, guys. When you come let in, this be a lesson to you. Shoes off at the door. <laughs> right. The first message comes from Talk the Who You Love Team Thasmin. I don't know, like, that's a strange name. <laughs> you know? Right. And they say, I personally love the twist. It's not the best, but it's underrated. Yeah. And um, then we got a message, speaking of houses, from John House, who hosts the John House Show. Ooh. Not okay, one I'm familiar with, but I no, might I give it a little go. Yeah. Available everywhere, every Tuesday. Mm. So, John House says, Here's the fun thing, if you're interested, count the number of lines Jodie has in the first 30 minutes, and then count how many of those lines end in a question mark. For me, this gets to the root of all the issues I have with the episode. Mm. Valid. Valid. Right. So that's listener tweets for this week. Yeah. (laughs) Short and sweet. Ah, no. You know what, Matt? I'm an old softie. Let let them have it. Right. I think we need need to... I think we need to just get this out of our system. And then we can really move on. And in fact, I've got something... I've got something that I've not told you about that's going to be a little palate cleanser. After we get a list of the tweets out of the way. And then okay. we can finally get your thoughts. Well, the next tweet comes from David. That's at Runcible Noon on Twitter. Oh, yes. I've heard of him. Yeah. Who just sent me a picture of a hand reaching to a shelf where there are the floodgates, a can of worms, and Pandora's box. And he just doesn't know which one to open. Bit cryptic. Yeah, but that, that guy... He seems both intelligent, hilarious, and I'll throw handsome in there as well. You you reckon? You reckon? Yeah. 
maybe yeah. uh you know what i'm having a quick look at his his twitter feed and i can see there is a picture of him gazing lovingly at a tardis and a hedge maze oh he's and, a housewife's uh, dream <laughs> yeah especially with that anorak yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah I don't know, is, is Playgirl magazine still a thing? <laughs> like, erotica for women? Right. Right, so, back in the real world, not in the Mills and Boom fantasy that you live in, David. <laughs> um, we then had a message from Nobody Really, who says, Humanity for H. A boring choice, but incredibly important to the show and the doctors themselves. Yeah, good, good choice, actually. Thinking uh, outside the box, I like that one. We then had a message from Kimberly. In fact, we haven't said hello to any of these, David. Can you just... Oh, just t- take it as read. I see that they've all been greeted. Yeah. Do one big hello. Yeah, all right then. Hello. Right. Uh, then Kimberly says, Oh boy, I think this might be the week listener tweets gets cancelled again because of this episode. Mm. And I'll put forward Harriet Jones as my contribution for H. Yeah. Um... It's funny, isn't it? People still really, really hold a candle for that character. Yeah, but she was, was in like four episodes, and yeah, was well certainly made a very bad choice in one of them. Yeah. Right. Do you want to say hello to the Who Can Convince You podcast? I do. Hello, Who Can Convince You podcast. They've gone for three tweets here, David. So I'm going to race through it. Okay. I hated it when it first aired, but then I remembered it's a TV show, and then I was able to just watch it. You've got to give it to Chibbers for just throwing a pipe bomb into the fandom, although that doesn't make it good. Mm-hmm. This version of the Master is Luke's kryptonite. And then in brackets they put, I agree. I'm still not sure that messing with the Doctor's past is a good idea, or rather, what's the point? Can't we just have some fun stories that don't use the lore of the show to be fun? Sorry, to be the fun bit. Anyway, it's just a TV show, so I don't really care. H is for Highlanders. Ah, there you go. Yeah. Uh, is that, I don't know. I don't really know what kind of a reputation that story has. The only thing I know about it is that it, it's a historical and it introduces Jamie. Uh, I'm looking forward to, to getting acquainted with it one day. Yeah. Uh, the next message is from James Swifty Swift. Hello, Who, James. Inspired by us, David, because mm-hmm. we are such a profound impact on people's lives, uh, James Swifty Swift this week released a song about root beer. <laughs> Did he? Yeah. I don't think I've seen that. Yeah, although I've lost the link on my Twitter because I did retweet it. Hold on, hold on, hold on. You're going to have to edit this bit out, David. I'll, I'll try. So James Swifty Swift has got a song called Root Beer Cherry Cola. Mm. And if you don't listen to it, you are a shit stain on the arse of humanity. <laughs> Strong words that? there. Right. So James Swifty Swift says, I really admire the ambition behind this series and this episode. I think Chibnall is trying to make his mark on the show. And he succeeds. Mm-hmm. Right, David. Yes. The next tweet. Can we can we just get it right for one week? Okay. Right. 
I don't want to read this listener's name out and you suddenly like go, Hello, my baby. Hello, my daughter. Hello, my ragtime gal. Right? Just do it properly. Okay. Because I genuinely think I'll have an aneurysm if we get it wrong <laughs> four weeks in a row. Okay. Right. David, the next message comes from BT Flippity Giggard. Greetings, curator. Did you say Cretings Curator? Maybe. Never mind Cretings. What about Cretin? And that's you, mate. Let's just move on. The next tweet comes from BT Flibbity Giggard. Greetings, Curator. There we go. BT says, If Chibs absolutely must canonise his Morbius Doctor's headcanon, I wish he would have done it in a more interesting way than the Masters episode long. And I pressed a button there so the tweet disappeared. PowerPoint. Genuinely despise how he chickens out having the Doctor actually press the button and she lets a dude die for her. And for H, they say Waris Hussein. And it looks here mm. like Frank, our listener, also suggested that. But Frank's on the block list because he suggested something earlier for A to Z and I must have blocked him because I didn't get that message. <laughs> Never mind, but... You know. That's the price you pay. Yeah, exactly. Right. Um, we've got um, loads of tweets to go, David. I hope you... Yeah, we've got, it. We, we've, got it. we've got to address it. We've got Are to let everyone have their say with this one. I am. Yeah. Have you got a cup of tea? We could have a half-time uh, break and go get To a be honest, I, I've, I have finished my cup of tea at this point. Right. Uh... Ariel is the next tweet. Say hello, David. Hello, Ariel. Ariel says, Ah, the worst plot twist to ever happen in the history of modern Doctor Who. I haven't seen most of the classic show, but I'd be willing to bet there too. Honestly, I both respect and hate Chibnall's audacity to spit on everything that came before him. And no, I don't mean some nebulous idea of canon continuity, though I don't love how this falls fails to fit in. I mean, the fact that the Doctor's whole character was that they're an ordinary Time Lord who was special because they chose to break the rules and save people, and now they were born special, which makes the character fundamentally different and less meaningful as a hero. The concept of the Timeless Child was interesting, but having the Doctor themselves be it was a terrible mistake, in my opinion. As far as the actual episode, it's pretty boring, and outside the big reveal there's not much to remember, the ending was definitely interesting. Uh, sorry, was definitely an interesting setup, though. I was quite excited for the special for H. Harriet Jones. Oh, another another nomination for Harriet Jones there. Yeah, Ooh. we've got six tweets still to go, David. Let's get them done. Say hello to Amy. Hello, Amy. I think the Doctor was too passive, inert for the majority of this episode. A shad was wasted. The reveal that the Master had sent. The island scenes to 13 in the previous episode was a double take. Graham and Yaz's scene felt like it came out of nowhere, and I didn't like the end with Kashavis. So they loved it. Yep. Tell you, <laughs> tell you who else loved it. Mm -hmm. James, son of Nicholas Courtney. Hello, James. I haven't even read his tweet. He might be horrible about it now, but let's just pretend he loves it. Mm -hmm. It's the anniversary of its broadcast this week. That must have been true for the whole series. Yes, there I said a positive thing. 
I have no interest in adding to the discourse around this episode. It's possibly more tedious than watching this PowerPoint presentation. <laughs> and then he says, H is for imbecile, and David will probably have to explain that one. Yes. Do you want me to, Matt? Do you care? Um, I don't know. Listener Tweets is going on a bit this week. I'll tell you off it. Okay. Next message, David. Rod Henderson. Say hello. Hello, Rod. He says, I like that it changed things up. It meant I didn't know where the show was going to anymore. There's a whole new avenue opened up. And yes, while I love the safe surety of established canon, changing things up like this feels like that moment in 2005 when Nine first said run. Mm -hmm. Right. For the final few tweets, David, mm -hmm. I'm going to go to Pound Zone Reckonton. Are you familiar with Pound Zone Reckonton? I'm not. Right. Well, it's it's a bit of like... I don't want to call it a running joke, but it's something that I and Harry from Who Can Convince You have become obsessed with recently. Right. And it's a father and son who own a shop near Newcastle. Right. And they make their own adverts for it and just put them on Facebook telling you what's in stock. That sounds great. Yeah, it's it's incredibly charming. Mm -hmm. um, but they always say, when we get a deal, you get a deal. That's their catchphrase. So, David, mm -hmm. this week, when we get a deal, you get a deal. I'm not going to give you one Marty McLean Hall of Famer. I'm mm -hmm. not going to give you two Marty McLean Hall of Famers. We're going for three this week. It's oh, the wow. biggest listener tweets ever. Excellent. I'm uh, looking forward to it. The first one. Do you need to get a hat that you can take off for them, David? No, I'm fully prepared. I've been I... wearing a hat the whole time, Matt. Oh, wow. Pirate? Cowboy? What have you gone for? Uh, uh, it's, it's a peaked cap. Oh, nice. Mm. I think you'd really suit a deer stalker. <laughs> I could probably pull one off, yeah. yeah. Right. The first Marty McLean Hall of Famer this week is Sonia. Say hello, David. Hello, Sonia. Who says, I haven't seen this episode yet, but I'm almost cut, caught up with you all. Putting forth Heaven Sent for H. Yeah. And then I sent a reply episode. saying, how many episodes do you have of us left to listen to? And she didn't reply, so, you know. Too busy listening. It could be, actually, yeah. Like, eyes rolled back in her head, just, like, frantically, like... <laughs> like when Neo plugs himself into the Matrix. The, I'll be honest, the idea of people, like, binging this podcast to catch up with us, it, it's like... Uh, Especially the all, early days when we couldn't yeah, be bothered. I just... I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. If you're, you're mid-binge right now and listening to this, genuinely, from the bottom of my heart, I am so sorry. Yeah. If if you have listened to every episode, like, that upsets me. I was hoping if people, <laughs> if people have jumped in this week and they've liked what they've heard, right? Yeah. Go back to about episode 70. That's where it started getting pretty good. Or just jump to episode 100. That was a good one. Yeah. Yeah, we had fun that day. All right then. I'm so excited when we hit episode 200. What well, are we? Are we going to have a t week off to celebrate? I, I'm. 
I vow to record episode 200 entirely naked. <laughs> right. The next Hall of Famer mm-hmm. is the entirety of the Married to Who podcast. Say hello, David. Greetings, Married to Who podcast. Have, have you heard their review of our Christmas presents? I haven't yet, no. I need to listen oh, to that. They do Meal of the Week. <laughs> oh, cheeky. And I think because it had been the Super Bowl, they got together and they talked about something I'm quite intrigued by. S'mores, which I know is like graham crackers and marshmallow and chocolate. But they, yeah. they mentioned flippantly that they'd made a s'mores dip. And I feel I need more information on this. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So next week, Married to Who, do Meal of the Week again, but just dedicate a little bit of time. And I know Jake's listening. Can he please tweet me to tell me which episode it's going to be in, just so I'm Mm -hmm. mentally prepared? Yeah, looking forward to that. Right. They say, H is for Heinz Baked Beans, my favourite choice for pounding back a pint. (laughs) Don't knock it till you've tried it. That's what I'll say on that front. Mm -hmm. And also Hartnell. Yeah. Right, are you ready for the last tweet? I am so ready, Matt. We've been here nearly an hour. Let's go. I know. Right, the last tweet this week, David, comes from Marie Boudreau. Say hello. Hello, Marie. Who says, Here I am again, being the only person who loved it. I adore the law, the different way it affects the Doctor and the Master, art imitating real world, Doctors we know nothing about, groundwork for countless storylines. It's the first time I've got truly excited about an episode because it blew away so much of my mind. Could be why I'm the only one who liked it this much. I'm ignoring the tweet restrictions because you may not even read them. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be very nearly. Should we just edit out the last 20 minutes? Uh, she says, Dewan's performance, Yaz and Graham, Dr. Joe, Unheard of History, Cybermen, Sasha Dewan. She says Sasha Dewan twice. Mm-hmm. It's all a win for me. So with all that said, David, let's discuss. Funnily enough, I was about to say, let's discuss, can you hear me? Because I've gone back, <laughs> yeah. back a few pages. Um, so uh, we are going to get to... The Timeless Children. But do you mind if I just do a little bit of admin first, David? Uh, well, actually, before you do even do that, Matt, um, kind of to conclude, listener tweets, I've got a little yeah. something prepared. Okay. Um, because as I say, you know, there has been a lot of discourse on this episode. It is, I would posit, the most divisive episode in the history of New Who. Um, it ruffled a lot of feathers um, and continues to, and I think we will do for a long time to come. And frankly, it's exhausting, as is evidenced by the fact that we spent 20 minutes going through uh, opinions all valid, all valid, that have ranged from absolutely loathed it to absolutely loved it and, you know, every variation thereupon. Um, and... In the wake of this episode, uh, Doctor Who magazine did uh, a a running feature for a couple of months uh, that was just 
controversial continuity. Okay. Where they where they just looked at times when Doctor Who has kind of completely rewritten the rule book on various aspects of the yeah. show. Um and uh, it was written by uh, Jonathan Morris. And what I want to do is to just read you the couple of introductory paragraphs to the controversial continuity feature, because I think it is a really wonderfully even handed response to um, the whole the whole situation. And it was what well, I remember the first time I read this after like weeks of being just pounded by everyone's opinions from every direction where I just kind of like, I kind of breathed a sigh of relief. Just like, it's fine. You know? <laughs> so I'm just going to read this because I, I really like it. Everything we were told was a lie. So said a recording of the master at the end of Spyfall part two, referring to the founding history of Gallifrey. But his words didn't just apply to the Doctor and himself. They also applied to the fans. Everything we had been told was a lie, which, like the best Doctor Who stories, is both exciting and scary. It's exciting because we're being teased with new information, new secrets and dramatic revelations that will have us on the edge of our seats. And it's scary because, well... What if we don't like it? We follow the Doctor's adventures for years and have an emotional investment in all the continuity and mythology. What if it contradicts what we think has been established in previous stories? What if it doesn't fit into our understanding of what parts of the series count our headcanon? What if it contradicts or retcons a scene that left us elated or heartbroken? It can feel like we're being told oh, that thing you cared about, it didn't actually happen. It can feel like something is being taken away from us, as if great chunks of our past are detaching themselves like melting icebergs. But Doctor Who has always done this. Any long-running television series will end up doing this. It's the only way for a series to remain vital by reinventing its own mythology. The alternative is for a series to remain boxed into its own past, where a fact mentioned 50 years ago must stand for all time. That would be a series with no surprises, a boring series mired in the past. And on it goes. But I feel like that that just cuts to the heart of why so many people had a really hard time with this episode. And why so many other people were delighted by it. Yeah. Um, because it's both. Yeah. You know? <laughs> we're never go- we're, we're never as a fandom gonna solve this one. <laughs> you know. Now, and you never know, in another fifty years they might be saying actually this was the turning point where Doctor Who got good. Yeah, it will be for some people. It absolutely will be. Um, yeah, it's, it's, um, it just, it is what it is. Mm. And for, for, for my part, I don't, you know, you know what, I'll save my thoughts for a little bit later, but, uh, but you tell me, Matt, 
you tell me, what? How would you rank the timeless children? Um, the the episode itself, yeah, isn't great. Like a lot of it is quite drawn out and a little bit boring and a little bit exposition heavy. Yeah, and I don't care about the timeless child reveal. <laughs> like. You know, I'm not a big, massive Whovian. Like, yeah. I, I agree with, I think it was maybe Ariel that said it in listener tweets. I, I am a little bit disappointed that, like, the Doctor's always been the chosen one, rather than their decisions helping them you see, to be I don't, I don't really read it that way. It's it's an opinion people have, but I, I, I don't really see that in what we have learned in this story we've learned if anything the doctor is a victim in this you know yes they 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 inadvertently you know give this gift of regeneration and and are therefore pivotal to the to the founding of of timeless society but it's not through anything they have done it's not because they were chosen for any particular reason, as far as we know. It's it's something that's thrust upon them. And they then have their, you know, they then just try and live a normal life. We know at some point get sort of sucked into the division. And at the end of that, they get wiped, you know. I don't really see how... Any of what we learn in this story makes them predestined for greatness. Yeah, I suppose my my issues come from like beyond this story. Like, how did they get through the gateway? Why did they go through the gateway? We don't know. Yeah, they were just a, they were just a little lost child, as far as we can tell. We'll see. I yeah, so I, I don't know. I, I I get I get where people are coming from with that because you know it gives the doctor this epithet, the timeless child, and makes them sort of like this source of an amazing power. But it's not like I don't think it makes them you know the chosen one. Chosen by whom? Nobody, as far as we know. They were just there. And they were taken and quite frankly, you know, abused by um, the person that took them in. Um, and yeah, so I think it, it's, you know, I, I would I, I think they're more of a victim than anything in this particular story. Um, and yeah, it, at the end of the day, the 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 first doctor. Um, who made that decision to run away, leave Gallifrey, and eventually grow into the heroic figure we have now. That's all down to their choices. It's not due to anything innate within them or anything that, 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 that made them special. It's just the choices they've made to, to work with what they have. Yeah, I suppose. So, 
so I, I've I've never I've never quite gelled with that particular argument. There are uh, many many valid reasons to not like this episode, though. Don't get me wrong. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so yeah, I, I I kind of I'm kind of on the same page as you, but I, well, I like the twist. I will say that much. I I did you like it the first time you saw it? Yeah, I did. I was excited by it. I, I think it's fun and interesting. Um, it opens up new avenues without, I think, diminishing what has come before. And I think that there's the rub. For some people, understandably, it feels like it is diminishing, like it is taking something away. I, I don't read it that way. I I think it's it just, you know, it gives us new surprise, uh, uh, opportunity for new surprises further down the line. What I don't think it is is a good hour of television. <laughs> no. Well, that that um, was possibly the worst bit when I turned it on. The, f- yeah. the first line of my notes is this is bloody one hour five minutes. Yeah, yeah. It does not earn that runtime. Um it's if I'm looking for a finale of Doctor Who. My first thought is not, oh, I can't wait to uh, watch the Master's TED Talk. <laughs> um, it's, yeah, it's, uh, it's, a, it's, it's a curious choice. Like, I feel like Chibnall had this idea for this law and couldn't think of a natural way to, to introduce it. Mm-hmm. And eventually he decides he's just going to do a massive exposition dump and just get it out there. And, yeah, so that's what he did. Um, So I'm excited by the potential of what he has done. I think it was uh, amusing and brave and interesting. And I I much prefer Chris Chibnall as a writer when he is taking big swings and taking chances. Than when he's trying to play it safe. I think we've seen both sides of him already, uh, and the 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 risk taking Chris Chibnall is the one that I find interesting. But um, yeah, the the actual the 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 exposition dump itself is a little dry. It it's it gen it feels like. You know, you've sat sat down at a table expecting a lovely buffet and someone's there like, oh, yeah, we've got all this lovely cheese over here. But first, I want you to eat just just dry crackers for 20 minutes. Yeah. You know, I'll, I'll maybe give you a glass of water to wash them down with. I'm not a monster, yeah. but you're going to sit there and you're going to eat your dry crackers. Yeah, and they compliment them afterwards. (laughs) So yeah, it's um, it's uh, yeah, it it as an episode of television, it could be better. Yeah, yeah, right. Should we finally talk about it after one hour ten minutes? I suppose we'd better have. You know, we've gone nearly the the full length of the episode we did last week. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that one had nothing to talk about. This one's everything. Right, so, Timeless Children. Episode 10 of Season 12 from the 1st of March, 2020. Mm -hmm. 
Written by Chris Chibnall, directed by Jamie Magnus Stone. Yeah. So, as I've said, my opening note just goes, oh, bloody hell, this is an hour and five minutes. Yeah. It opens with the Master saying, take my hand. And the humans and Ryan don't follow to Gallifrey as the war carrier arrives. Mm -hmm. The Doctor and the Master arrive on Gallifrey and he has things he needs to show her. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Graham and Yaz plan to disguise themselves in Cybermen armour to help yep. get past the Shard and everyone else. And the Master and the Doctor go to the Citadel, where the Master yes. talks to a Shard and asks a Shard to join him. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Cybermen approach the boundary, and Graham and Yaz have a heart to heart. Which lovely scene. It's an okay scene, but. Have they ever spoken to each other before? <laughs> oh, once or twice. Yeah. They don't seem close, and then then we get this. Yeah. Um, it's a it's great, in... you know, in isolation, it's a great scene. They're both, you know, great performances. Yeah. It's interrupted, though, when a shad goes to kill them. Yeah. Uh, you know how four or five points ago I said the Master wants to show the Doctor the truth? Yeah. Uh, he still does. Uh, <laughs> except That's this time. We find out it's in the chamber of the Matrix. Ah, yeah, the good old Matrix. Uh, have we seen that before? Is that? Uh, yes, it's featured in Hellbent, but I don't know that you would have really clocked it necessarily because I, I think they under the Matrix. I can't remember, but anyway, uh, first established, I think I want to say the Deadly Assassin. It's basically Time Lord Internet. Uh, so the master was playing, hacking the system, and found everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he puts the doctor in a paralysis field, yeah. whilst Ashad is searching the Cybermen for survivors. Because, because that's what you—that's what you want from from a finale, isn't it? You want your your lead character, your title character, your protagonist to be uh, just literally. You know, physically restrained. Yeah, and you want for... your villain, a shad, who literally has <laughs> countless faceless minions to yeah. go do all the dirty work himself. Why is he yeah. looking for the survivors? And why is he um, the only one doing it? Because he gets called I back to know. the bridge immediately. I don't know, but I do like. I I think uh, Jamie Magnestone does a great job ramping up the tension in that scene. You know, those close ups. Yeah, of them holding the breath. The yeah, I, I I thought that was a very well-directed scene. Right. Now, sit comfortably, David, because it's time to yeah. tell the tale before the Time Lords. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, we're introduced to Tech Tayoon. Yep. Is she from Classic Who? No, new, new invention. Right, who is an explorer. She's a Gallifreyan Shabogan. Yes, yeah. Is that from Classic Who? Uh, it is, yeah. Right. She's the first space traveller, and she found a gateway. Mm-hmm. Where she found a child. Ooh. Yes. Ooh. A child she saved and adopted. Mm-hmm. And this is where we first get our link to Brendan from last week, because that child yeah. fell from a cliff. Yes. And we see the first ever regeneration. Yeah. And just as the story gets interesting, we cut to some Cybermen attacking Ryan and others at the Boundary. 
Uh, Ryan bombs them all using his mad NBA basketball skills. Yes, as established in Spyfall Part 1 and not referenced in the interim. Yeah, but we assume that's, he's that's, killed them you, all. You know that that is genuinely Ryan's character arc for this series. Yeah. <laughs> it's that... Couldn't make a basketball shot and then one day yeah. he does. And then and then he does it, but this time it's it's a, with a big science fiction bomb and some yeah. Cybermen. Uh, yeah, so he blows them all up until more arrive. Ashad joins the Doctor and the Master, and we find out Ashad has a death particle that will destroy all organic life. Yeah. Now, I want you to remember That's that, not going to come into play later, is it? I want you to remember that. It destroys yes. all organic life. Yes. Okay, now, the Master questions Ashad's full automation plan. He says, you know... If it's destroying organic life, it will destroy you. Mm -hmm. And just when you think we're going to resolve that, we're back with Tech Tayoon. Yeah. Who wants to understand the child, who undergoes several regenerations. Tech Tayoon becomes obsessed with regeneration and splices it into herself. Yeah. Eventually, all of the uh, Gallifreyan Citadel can regenerate. And it is limited to 12. This is how the Time Lords came to be. Yeah. So, I mean, it's interesting. I I don't know that I necessarily needed regeneration to be explained. But then again, it's explained and yet it's not. Mm. Isn't it? Well, here's a question for you. What happened to the child? Ah, good question. The child is you. (sighs) So... Did you think, like, would you have put money on the Doctor is the timeless child? Well, it was either going to be the Doctor or the Master. Yeah. Because, you know, they could have said, oh, it's one of the other, what's he called? The... The Monk. No, what's the the guy called that the Doctor goes to sort out later? With the big metal hand. Oh, Davos. Rassilon. Rassilon. <laughs> yeah, it could have been Rassilon or what was his mate called? Was it Bar- Barbosa? Barossa? Uh, oh, Barusa. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God, imagine if the timeless child had been Barusa. <laughs> like, I, I don't know any other Time Lords. What if it was the Rani? Oh, imagine. Would have loved it if it was the Rani. Um, have we seen any other Time Lords? I mean, not in you, who. Because of the whole, you know, they're, they're basically not there for most of it. What, what if so. it was the professor from the twin dilemma? He oh, was an yeah, old that time guy. lord, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Is it Any- as, as. Yeah, who knows? Anyway, yeah. this makes the doctor freak out. Yeah. Uh, Ryan and Kashavin fight some Cybermen, and Graham and Yaz save them. So everyone's back together now, except the doctor. Uh, yeah, I. I... Do you just want to quickly shout out? I love the reveal of the Cybermen and uh, Brent and uh, Graham's like, Yaz, I can't get this hat off. Yeah. I specifically love that he calls it a hat. Um, So the Master and Ashad plot together until the Master shrinks Ashad to take the Siberian. Yeah. Now. I've written. Okay. let, Let me just tell you my next line of notes. Of course. 
I've written, do I like this version of the master? He's a bit silly. <laughs> Missy was a bit silly. Yeah, but like... D- different kind of silly. This one, I, I see what they're going for, but I don't know if I like it. To me, I feel like he is an upgraded version of John Sims' master. I don't know. Like, I think it's a step too far. I could see that. I could see that. It's, it's, you know, not everyone's cup of tea. And I, I can uh, certainly understand that. Uh, but, I mean, I will say, fair play to Sasha Duan. Like him or not, he is carrying this episode. Yeah. Like, he is doing all the heavy lifting. Um, yeah, I, I, okay, so I, some people aren't happy with how just perfunctorily, uh, Ashad is dispatched with. Yeah. I love it. I absolutely love it. I, I, you know, the fact that he's like, you know, the the Siberian will not leave me until I am dead. And of course the master's just going to be like, all right, then I'll kill you. No problem. Um, and ultimately, I don't know how. What else are we going to do with Ashad at that point as a character? Uh, you know, the thing about zealots is they are interesting, but they are ultimately one note. Mm. You know, I don't know. It could have been interesting if he was like the master's second in command, who eventually, you know, turns his back on him. But. The Master's always yeah, got, like, maybe. a little crew of Cybermen, so why not make one of them a bit more interesting? Yeah. No, I, but ultimately, I like it. I like it because I think it does a good job of, of you know, showing how Cavalier, especially what I think I find fascinating about that scene is he does it, and then he's talking to himself about, like, he thought just for a second maybe it might have triggered the Death Particle. Mm. You know, this Master is, like, explicitly suicidal you know yeah yeah he's you know he's so damaged um and uh yeah i think that's interesting i do um anyway on 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 we go right the doctor rejects the idea of the timeless child and the master says it all happened but not in this isn't your first life. Yeah. Uh, the Master is angry that part of him as a Time Lord is p- the Doctor. Mm. Uh, then we find out about something called the Division. Now, excuse me, David, I'm, I forgot to do my admin earlier. I'm just going to make a quick note. The Division. What is it? Right. Um it's some sort of Time Lord secret special ops team. Yep. Uh, there's loads of information redacted from the Matrix, and the Doctor then sees images of Ireland. Mm. How many lives has the Doctor had? So, uh, yeah, some people seem genuinely confused by the Ireland thing. I think it's. I thought it was kind of fairly straightforward. It's. It's essentially. It's like. It's like, the Time Lords have put a sort of skin. On yeah, it's like a filter, memories. isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's, it's not more, any more complicated than that. Um, it's you see, that's such an interesting idea to me. Mm. Um, 
Chibnall is trying to make this exposition dump interesting. Yeah. Yeah. You know, God bless him. He is trying. Right. So the master says when he killed everyone, he kept their bodies. Mm. And we've got Time Lord Cybermen. Oh. What do you think? Is this where, do we get a reveal here? Do we get to see? Yeah, Zion I think them? so. Yeah. What do you think? I, I think it's of... like a logical merging of the two. It looks all right. I mean, with the collars and everything? Yeah. It, div- it divided opinion. I like it. Yeah. I like it. I mean, I, I'm I'm up for pretty much... Uh, I was going to say I'm up for any Cyberman variation, but, you know, we talked about the Cyberman, the Cyber Shades and the Cyber Drones, which yeah. were both big no's for me. So uh, maybe not any variation but i i like the the cyber masters as they become known so one cyber master shoots another yeah. and we see it regenerate yeah and the master then leaves with his cyber army um, i mean I, I i guess i just i love this as a concept because the one advantage of the Cybermen, in terms of you know, if you're opposed to them, is that they are fairly easy to dispatch. You know, they they are, you know, tin cans with heated up corpses inside. So they are not the hardest thing in the world to d- defeat individually. And the difficulty is that they have like they have the advantage of numbers. Mm-hmm. Unlike, say, the Daleks, who were, who were, you know, borderline indestructible, certainly in Yoohoo. Um, so the idea of an unkillable Cyberman is a genuinely terrifying thought. Mm. Um, so, yeah, the Master leaves with the Cyber Army and everyone yeah. steps through the boundary. But yeah. the Doctor... Uh, uh, can, can we just acknowledge, you know... Um, that they're having the whole discussion about um, going through the boundary, and uh, I think it's Koshalmas is just like you know, oh, it could. We don't know what's going to be on the other side. It could be risky, you know. We, who's going to, you know, are we really going to take that risk? And then Yaz is just already halfway there, just, mm. just striding just... straight through it. Yeah. No questions uh, asked. Whilst she's trapped, the Doctor is approached by Joe Martin. Good to have yeah. her back, as always. It is, yeah. Who, the Doctor questions where she fits in, and I don't think they know that themselves. No. Um, but she does say, focus on the one thing he said that you didn't understand. Mm-hmm. But it's not the Master, so God knows who that is. Um, the Doctor kind of just Doctor Who's the Matrix, just puts all her memories and thoughts into it. It plays the Doctor Who theme and overpowers it. But as she does, we see the Morbius Doctors. We do! (laughs) Another one of those where I was like, oh, why are we watching this random story, David? It turns out entirely relevant. And it is, I just wanted you to get that reference when it happened. Yeah. I mean, you've got to admire the balls of General to just be like, Sonic, I'm putting the Morbius doctors in and you can't stop me. I mean, this guy is a fan. 
When, when he flushed... Other fans may not approve of what he's doing, but when, he when, means business here. When it flashes through all the doctors and then they appear yeah. on screen, for a half a second, I was like, who are... Th- oh, no! <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Well played, sir. Well played. Uh, yes. Right. The fam arrives as the Doctor awakens. Now, I want to go back to a point that I mentioned earlier, David. Mm-hmm. You know the death particle dispatches of all organic life? Yeah. All of a sudden, it's only planet-wide. It doesn't do anything more than one planet, so I'd just take the hit. <laughs> Um, yeah. The Doctor formulates a plan, finds Mini Ashad and calls the Master to the Matrix 1v1. Mm-hmm. Uh, everyone finds, I'm assuming, the Master's TARDIS? Uh, I think it's just another TARDIS. They're in the Citadel. There'll be yeah. TARDISes all over. Uh, so. Yeah, I suppose. Um, and the Doctor decides to use the Death Particle on Gallifrey. Mm-hmm. And wants to go it alone. And then, just when you think you're going to get a seminal sweet moment, it goes, I'm doing this for you, my fam. <laughs> uh, so the Doctor yeah. leaves them all and tells them to live great lives. Mm-hmm. Uh, she then stands up to the Master and pulls a shad from her pocket. Uh, but- worth noting again as well, by the way, that, that Yaz like, physically accosts her mm. and doesn't want to let her go. So the Doctor stands up to the Master and pulls yep. a shad from a pocket and the Master says if if she becomes death, he wins. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have this tense moment till Kasavin just turns up and he says, look, I'm uh, Resistance. I'm the one that sent the Siberian back. I'll do it. Yeah, but you could have mentioned that earlier, Koshavas. Yeah. So the Doctor runs to a TARDIS. Kashar- Is it Kashamas? Who's Kasavin? Koshavas. That, that's the light guys from Spyfall. Ah, right, right. Uh, yeah. yeah, so he blows up the God Particle. But, uh, the Master and the Cybermen maybe escape, because you hear the yeah. Master saying, all of you follow me over here. Yeah. Uh, the fam and the humans arrive home and start their lives over again, and the Doctor gets back to the TARDIS, only for the Jadoon to arrive oh, and sentence her to Jadoon. life imprisonment. Yeah, and we get a little tenant callback. With a what, what, what? Yeah. So. Te- teasers up nicely for New Year's. Yeah, so is that what we've got next? A little special before the end of the series? Yeah. We've got New Year's special and then we'll do our wrap up. All right. Yeah, so for all this, like, revealed everything, it, it didn't really lead us anywhere, did it? No, I mean, that's the thing. It changes everything and nothing. Mm. The Doctor is still the Doctor. Um, we know that there is parts of the Doctor's past that we were not previously aware of, you know. We don't know what they did in the Division. Mm -hmm. How long were they in the Division for? Was it one... Was it just... Was it just um, the Fugitive Doctor? Uh, Was it other incarnations as well? Um... You know, people say, have said, made the argument that this episode, you know, 
it, the show's called Doctor Who. If you explain too much, then, you know, you're taking away the mystery that's central to the character. This deepens the mystery, in mm. my opinion. Um, yeah, so... it'll be interesting to see where we go. I imagine in mm. a few episodes' time, the Doctor works out it's all just a lie and a trick from the Master and just goes, no, 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 no. Retcon, retcon, retcon. I mean, that's the thing. Is the Master a reliable narrator? No. No. Um, but, yeah, it, it is interesting. Um, there will be more to come with this. You know, it, it's not... This isn't, like, the, the end point. And... Whilst it's not brilliant, there is some good action and some good set pieces and some good humour in this. It's not it's not a terrible episode. I just think it gets a bit bogged down and the the pacing ends up wonky because of all of this exposition that needs to be unfurled in the first half of the episode. And ultimately, it's not a great episode for the Doctor. Mm. You know, she doesn't get to say or do anything particularly heroic at any point. Yeah, I would agree with that. That would be one she of my nearly makes She nearly makes a heroic sacrifice and then gets that taken away from her. Um, so I don't know that it works as a finale. I almost feel like this should have been the lead-up to a finale. Yeah, yeah. It just um, feels like we haven't reached an end point. Mm, yeah. Definitely. And, and and that's frustrating. But but even so, it's better than Ranskorav Kolos as a oh, way to end a series. Yeah, we'd have to try yeah. pretty hard to be worse, wouldn't we? Exactly. And, and that's the thing. It's like, at, at least compared to that, Chibnall is taking big swings. He's taking chances. He is making his mark on the show. Mm. Like it or not. Um. So, yeah. Um... I'll be interested to un unpack this all a little bit more with you um, in a couple of weeks' time, Matt. I should I should let listeners know. Um, get your thoughts in now for our series twelve wrap up, please, um, because by the time this episode is out, we'll we'll be recording it the following week. So, yeah, so this this week. As you're listening to it, listeners, this week is your chance to get some questions in or thoughts in about Series 12 as a whole. Uh, obviously, please try to avoid Series 13 spoilers. And if they could email us at uh, timenospacepod at gmail.com, that would be yes. a lot more helpful than me trolling through loads of tweets. Yes, indeed. But if, if you've only got Twitter, um, then, you know, tweets are also fine. Yeah. Um, but... Uh, yes, uh, that's all to look forward to. But before we get to our wrap up, we have the small matter of um, revolution. Oh, no, it's not revolution. It's, I, I need to look it up now, Matt. It's, it, it's the recent ones. I struggle to remember the title of the episodes. Is it? Oh, it bloody is. Right. Okay, I'll try that again. Right, so uh, before that, we have the small matter of Revolution of the Daleks. Don't, look don't edit out the bit where you got it wrong. <laughs> well, the thing is, I, I got wrong that I got it wrong because I didn't get it wrong. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> two wrongs make a right, David, so... Uh, yes, let's just end this, shall we? Yeah. Let's... Join us next week, listeners. We'll be talking about Revolution of the Daleks. Uh, but until then, as always, thank you so much for listening. And until next time, GBO. Bye now. Thank you for listening to Neither the Time Nor the Space. If you wish to contact us, our email address is timenorspacepod at gmail.com. And on Twitter, we are at Time Nor Space Pod. And thank you to Alexander Urban for his smashing arrangement of the Doctor Who theme. <laughs>